The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome, welcome to the show. As you know, this is our month to celebrate the Americans with Disabilities Act. Every year we have a special show in July, every week, and it's always great guests. But today, I have to tell you, the king, the king is on the show today. And by the way, before I forget, Yoshiko Dart, special send out to you. And I know how much you love this person on our show today. Today we have the author of the ADA. We have the person that has continued being an advocate forever for people with disabilities and still is. He's the real deal because I know him extremely well. Welcome to the show, Tony Quello. Thank you, Joyce. It's great to be on. I always get a smile on my face when... You start talking. It's uh, great to be on your show, and and great to have you as an advocate for all of us with that with epilepsy. It's wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much. Well, Terry, I'm going to get right down to it because you know I like to talk about current events. So I wanted you to talk about why the Affordable Care Act is in fact so important. Of course for all people with disabilities, but I'm using, as an example, epilepsy. Well, Joyce, uh, I I really think that uh, those of us with epilepsy uh, need to really understand what uh, the Affordable Care Act does uh, for us. I know those that are opposed to it uh, call it Obamacare uh, and think that's... uh, a negative. I, I call it Obamacare because it's so important to to those of us with epilepsy, and it's a positive for me. Um, and it's it is something that those of us with epilepsy really need to understand and stop uh, paying attention to all this uh, rhetoric about uh, how bad it is, etc. It is critical for those of us with epilepsy. Let's start off with a couple of things. First off pre-existing conditions. Uh, Those of us with epilepsy, we can't get health care because of our epilepsy, because of a pre-existing condition. The the Obamacare, in effect, says our pre-existing condition cannot uh, discriminate against us from getting health care, period. So we can get health care and an insurance company cannot discriminate against us. That is critical. Number two, it says that uh, with once we get our uh, health care, an insurance company cannot discriminate against us because of our epilepsy. In other words, they can't charge us a higher rate just because we have epilepsy. So there can't be any discrimination once they 
put us on the rolls because of our epilepsy. And that's really significant. Uh, the third thing is, <coughs> if for some reason you can't afford the premiums, there is, you're eligible for a subsidy. So for all those reasons, right there. But then let's go um, that if you are uh, out of college or out of high school or whatever it is, and you can't find a job, you're not kicked off of your parents' health insurance. You are permitted to stay on your parents' health insurance until you're 26 years old. With today's economy, that's a huge benefit. Uh, and the other thing is, is that up until uh, the health bill was signed into law, um, there was a cap. Insurance company could say, oh, we, we're, we want you to be covered and you pay your premiums, uh, but all of a sudden you have a disability, you develop epilepsy whatever it might be, but at a certain point, uh, be it cancer, epilepsy, whatever it is, at, you now are costing us too much. Now, you may have paid insurance premiums for all kinds of years, and you've made the insurance company lots of money, but now they say, oh, there's a cap. We're not going to pay any more expenses because now you're costing us too much. You know, I thought that's what insurance was all about. They only, only want to take care of you when you're not costing them any money. The health care bill basically says there is no cap. Insurance companies can't put a cap. It's illegal. That's what insurance is supposed to be. So for all those reasons, those of us with epilepsy need to be enthusiastically in support of uh, making sure that the health care bill doesn't get repealed. It's critical that those of us with epilepsy end up with a health care bill. I agree. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that sometimes you don't understand these things until it hits you. But exactly I, right. I really would encourage everyone to take time and get educated. You know, take time and understand this because all of these things are important. Everything that Tony listed. Imagine having a baby with a chronic uh, disability that we both have, such as epilepsy, and, and not being able to take care of this child because of pre-existing condition. Imagine with, you know, a difficult time possibly finding employment, a young person, there they go, no benefits. I mean, I can't begin to stress to you how important I think this is for everyone. Uh, and, Tony... I wanted to talk a little bit about Chief Justice Roberts. Um, I know that Michael Savage made an unbelievable comments about him. Joyce, before you on go on, I just want to because I'm I'd love to talk about Savage and Roberts, but but I think that the your listeners need to know that you know it's really important for those of us with epilepsy in regards to the health care bill, but it's all disabilities, and so that if if you're a listener, you don't have epilepsy. It's not just epilepsy, it's all disabilities, and, it's, and so if you have a loved one uh, that has a disability or you know somebody with a disability, you need to educate those people as to why 
this is so important. I know that the insurance companies don't want to have this this uh, uh, bill stay in the law. Um, and they a lot of them have made billions out of health care. But for those of us with disabilities, this is a we're the big winners on this health care bill. We're the big winners. And and I don't think enough of us with disabilities understand that. And particularly those of us with epilepsy understand that. And we need to become educated on it because there is a major attempt to repeal that that law. So go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no. I think it's important for you to stress that point. Um, well, since Michael Savage had his chance to talk about this on the air, Tony, I wanted you to take this opportunity to talk to our listeners about Chief Justice Roberts, who, as we all know, was that deciding factor in upholding the Affordable Care Act. Uh, but I also wanted you to talk about, as I said, the Michael Savage comments about him. Well, Michael Savage, as everybody knows, is a, a very conservative commentator uh, in print and on radio and TV. And that's his right. Uh, I listen to him at times. Um, and at some times I even agree with him. But, uh, but he's extreme right. And uh, um, he, he commented on uh, the, the Supreme Court decision ruling that uh, the health care bill was constitutional. Uh, and that's fine. That's his prerogative. But then he went after Chief Justice Roberts. Now, you should know that prior to uh, Justice Roberts' uh, decision to rule the health care bill constitutional, he thought Justice Roberts was the cat's meow. Uh, Justice Roberts uh, has ruled uh, on... Uh, 90%, 99% of legislation, all very conservative and so forth. And he thought uh, that he was uh, ideal as a chief justice and that uh, George W. Bush had made a, a brilliant choice and so on for all these years. And then Chief Justice Roberts decided uh, that on the health care bill that the uh, health care bill was uh, constitutional um, and he's made some comments, Justice Roberts has made some comments, that he didn't think that the Supreme Court should be deciding all things uh, conservative or liberal. He decided that, that the court uh, should be deciding whether or not things were constitutional uh, or not constitutional, that that is the role of the court. Uh, Savage basically went after uh, that uh, position of Roberts. He said uh, that the one thing that you don't know is probably that Justice Roberts has epilepsy. And, and, and because of his epilepsy, uh, he takes uh, epilepsy drugs uh, that uh, impact uh, your mental capacity uh, for decision-making. And that's why he voted to make uh, the health care bill constitutional. Well, uh, needless to say, Joyce, uh, when I read that comment, I immediately went ballistic. Um, not only for myself, uh, but I was thinking um, the one who uh, was incompetent 
and the one who uh, should be uh, ruled uh, in uh, uh, totally off base uh, was Michael Savage. Um, if, on one hand, you believe for years that uh, Roberts is extremely competent and so forth, and then just because you disagree with him on a issue, uh, you then say that his epilepsy is what's causing him to rule a certain way. Um, that is despicable in my book, uh, and that makes you a despicable person. And I was furious and, and issued a public statement uh, taking on Michael Savage. Um, uh, I, 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 I haven't heard um, such a, um, a low bro blow comment in years. I've had people talk about my epilepsy. I've uh, heard comments about uh, 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 things like this in the past, but to have someone um, question the integrity uh, and the ability of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court in this way uh, is about as low as you can get. And uh, I think Savage uh, deserves the criticism that he's been receiving. Um, and uh, uh, Chief Justice uh, has had uh, two public seizures that we know of, which generally means that you have uh, epilepsy or a tendency towards epilepsy. He's never admitted his epilepsy, uh, nor do I think he has to. I wish he would if he has it, uh, but uh, uh, nobody should be forced to do it, and particularly uh, should it be uh, exposed uh, in this way. So um, I was uh, furious about the way Savage uh, handled this. And isn't it amazing this was never talked about before? No, um, it's, uh, you know, my comments about the court is that uh, the women in the court have talked about uh, their cancer, their diabetes, and so forth, but the men on the court don't talk about <laughs> their disabilities, which is kind of intriguing to me. Um, but um, uh, hopefully, uh, if Roberts does have epilepsy at some point, he would talk about it, but um now, because of Savage, um, it would uh, probably be played up as a negative instead of a positive, and that's, uh, that's sad in itself. Yes. Well, I wish he would do that also, because what a great role model that would be and is for all young people in America. I mean, wow. I mean, well, how much higher level other than the president Savage, can you be? Um, young people out there who are struggling, who get bullied, and so forth, um, they look at that savage comment, and what do they think? Well, you know, I don't want to talk about my epilepsy, and and uh, and that, you know, if I if somebody like the chief justice is going to get beat up uh, about uh, his epilepsy, then why would I want to talk about it publicly? And so to uh, let somebody like Savage get away with such an idiotic, stupid remark like that uh, just permits uh, people to bully uh, young people with epilepsy and, and young people with epilepsy to permit people to bully them. 
And so uh, that's what I, I was just outraged about when Savage did it. Well, okay. Hey, Tony, we got a caller on the line right now. Um, so go ahead, caller. Hi, this is Donna Stallhut. I'm calling in from Houston, Texas. Hi, Donna. Hello, Donna. Hi. It is so great to have two excellent role models for young people with epilepsy. I was just listening to your comments, and and I can't thank you enough for all that you both do to set examples for young people. Thank you, Donna. Donna, that is not only so wonderful of you, but and Donna, so you know, is the executive director of an affiliate in Texas, although I describe her as running Texas, and she has done so very much for young people with epilepsy at her camps and everything else that she does. Uh, and you know, Donna, we couldn't do we couldn't do what we're doing without people like you, right, Tony? Well, when uh, Joyce and and uh, Brian, our chairman of our board, uh, uh, came to me and asked me to be the interim CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation. Uh, one of the people that I've depended on for the last eight months has been Donna. Um, she has the experience, the knowledge, and more importantly, uh, the temperament uh, uh, to be uh, a great mentor and advisor. She was to me uh, during all this eight months. She's just a, a wonderful human being and, and great for me to pick up the phone and say, what do I do? Uh, how do I handle this situation? And she did in so many occasions, which I love her for and appreciate so much what she's done for me. Well, you know, we have a, a camp going on right now for for teenagers between the ages of 15 and 19, and it's going on in Dallas, and we've got 100 kids up there. And uh, sometime we've got to get you both up to that camp so that you can speak. We'd love to have that. Yeah, that would be great, Donna. Um I, I know both Joyce and I have told you that we want to do it, and I do want to do it. Um, there we go, Tony. It's a two for one. We should both go, Tony. This is not the year. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I do want to do it. And as a matter of fact, I have somebody who wants to pretend, uh, possibly uh, uh, look at your camp and see if we can uh, – do a, a national camp um, and in the East Coast. So uh, I've told him about your camp, and he wants to visit it. So I uh, may be bringing uh, Joyce and he and I to that camp. So That would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Well, and I want and I want to echo Tony. Um, thanks for all you did as that interim CEO for the last <laughs> year, I guess. Um, maybe it wasn't quite that long, um, but um, but it was um, so amazing for you to step in and, and to guide us through that period. And and we're ready to move forward now. Yeah, we really are. And Phil is Gatone, uh, who's started yesterday as the new CEO, I think is going to be just a huge, huge success. I am so positive about him and what he's going to be able to do. I'm really, really excited about uh, about uh, his future with the foundation and what the foundation is going to be able to do. So uh, with people like you helping him, uh, he's going to, he's going to do very, very well. 
Well, Donna, thank you for calling in. You're you very are welcome. Definitely, you are definitely a rock star, Donna. So I know, uh-huh. Tony, we made a commitment. We have to go. I'm going. I All hope right. to see you both soon. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good day. Tony, since she brought that up, how about it? Tell us a little bit about that position you had as interim CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation, which as far as I'm concerned, and I am at the National Foundation today, um, you really, really had an enormous impact, of course, positive, of course. That's no surprise to me. But what was that like, Tony, moving into that position? Well, you know, Joyce, it's, you know, as you well know, I was chairman of the board, and, and I've been very involved with the foundation for, what, 30 years, whatever. But it's different uh, when you actually take over uh, a staff position, the top staff person, and you're involved day-to-day uh, uh, directing uh, what the staff does and doesn't do. And the thing I was really pleased with is just uh, how capable uh, the staff is. There's so many uh, dedicated uh people there day in and day out making a difference in the life of uh, those of us with epilepsy. So many qualified uh, people who uh, are doing so many different things um, uh, in all kinds of different areas. Um, And the programs that we're involved in, the federal programs that uh, we, we do uh, in a in affiliation with our affiliates, um, and uh, we have 48 uh, different affiliates uh, throughout the country. Uh, uh, some people would call them chapters, but uh, throughout the country, and uh, people like Donna, who is uh, an affiliate director, uh, but all those different organizations all over the country working together as partners uh, with our home office. Uh, and it's uh, uh, a great relationship, these 48 different uh, offices working with the home office and making a difference for uh, people with epilepsy. And it's uh, working with seniors with epilepsy, uh, young people with epilepsy, these, these summer camps that Donna was just talking about, youth consoles. Uh, but uh, people with all different types of, of epilepsy, and as you know, there's there are a variety of, of uh, types of epilepsy, uh, degrees of, of seizures. And the doctors that are involved, I mean, I don't think people appreciate uh, just how many doctors um, are involved and, and the variety of doctors and the organizations that are involved that the foundation uh, works with. Um, we, we uh, the foundation uh, has... Uh, raised $50 million for research. There's no other uh, private group that even comes close to that amount of money for research. The only group who does more on research is the federal government. And we have uh, any prominent researcher today, any doctor, prominent doctor, got their start uh, by working with the Epilepsy Foundation. So uh, all that is are things that, you know, I knew that we raise money for research. I knew that we had a lot of people that got their start because of research grants that the foundation uh, had done, but I didn't know it was $50 million. Um, And 
So uh, it, it's it's just amazing to me just what the foundation um, uh, has has done and the impact that we have. And it's exciting to me that that we've done so much and that we we continue to do so much and we're branching out uh, in the things we do. One of the things that, uh, as you know, Joyce, that I've been particularly uh, involved with is is youth leadership, is uh, uh, getting young people at a young age uh, to go to camps and, and then to be involved in, in youth leadership, youth councils, so that if we can start them getting to meet other uh, kids with epilepsy at 6, 8, 10, 12 years old, uh, knowing that there are other people like them uh, who have epilepsy and... <coughs> They can become friends with them and relate to them and so forth and and so on. And we're we're going to be an, uh, doing a uh, a youth academy, a leadership academy of helping uh, uh, young people transition from high school onto the next step or college onto the next step into a profession and so forth. And we'll be dealing with that uh, fairly uh, fairly soon. We have. Um, a donor who's going to provide us the seed money for that, and and that's that's you know to have an organization uh, who is really committed with a, a lot of staff people, uh, sixty staff people who day in day out, that's what they do every day. They get excited to come to work to have an impact on the lives of people with epilepsy. That's what they do. And they're excited about it. it. It's really, it's amazing to me. And I, I loved doing that. Uh, I did it for eight months, and, and now Phil Gatone is going to take it over, and Phil will be there, I know, 10 years, 15 years at least. Um, and he is as charged up as I was. Um, and to me, um, that was really exciting. Well, Tony, speaking of uh, your passion for young people, I see we have another caller on the line. Uh, go ahead, caller. Jenny Miller. Hey, Jenny, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are both of you? Great, oh, Jenny. I'm nice fine. To call. Always nice to hear your voice. Go ahead, Jenny. Well, Tony, I, I really agree with you on this. Uh, comment that was made about the Chief Justice, that uh, it, it's no better than a bullying incident, and uh, we need to turn this around. Uh, we need to turn this around to show the young people that uh, somebody who has seizures, somebody who has epilepsy, can make it to high places. And uh, I think you're one person that can show this to the young people, and uh, because you, you have been so successful in very many areas, and uh, people like Brian Smith and Al- Alan Seneca, uh, that people with epilepsy can do amazing things. And uh, we need to show that uh, even though somebody bullied the Chief Justice and made these awful comments, that uh, the young people shouldn't be afraid to talk about their epilepsy. And You're right. uh, Absolutely right, it is Jane. a concern. Uh, Michael Savage uh, did it only for a conservative political gain and right. didn't realize, I don't think, uh, just the damage that he was doing 
primarily to young people. Uh, exactly. But he didn't. He really didn't give a damn what he was doing uh, to young people with epilepsy. He only wanted to make political points, uh, and he ended up uh, 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 hurting people. Um, and uh, he's going to pay the price for that. And uh, God will, and He will. Uh, but um, this is the type of stuff that bullying is all about, and and you know that uh, more than than anybody else. And well, I, I think we need to uh, write some letters to Michael Savage and let him be fully aware the damage that this does and uh, permanent damage that this can do to young people because uh, when they stop, when it, when they become so afraid of speaking out, uh, it can lead to depression and other things because... Uh, they have a chronic health condition that they can't control, and uh, it's, it's a part of their daily lives. And uh, what he did, like you said, was just something for political gain, and uh, that comment was just so uncalled for. And uh, we need to turn this around for our young people. And it's not just young people. It's people of any age when they have a chronic health condition like epilepsy. No, that's exactly and, uh, right. No, you're absolutely right. We we need to be very concerned because the young people will be very affected by this. And Sam was by a doctor who, who made similar comments, even though they weren't so public. And uh, we, we should be very concerned about this. And we, we really need to turn this around. Okay. Jenny, I agree with you totally. For those listeners who don't know, uh, Jenny's son, Sam, uh, was a good friend of mine. Uh, was bullied and so forth and ended up uh, very depressed and ended up committing suicide uh, because of this type of thing. And that's why uh, I said that Jenny knows more than most of us what this can lead to. Uh, And I love you for uh, calling to point this out, Jenny. That's uh, very sweet of you and very nice of you uh, to have the... uh, uh, the will to call and, and make that point. Well, you know what, Jenny? I am at the National Foundation of the Epilepsy uh, Offices today, and I am using Phil Gatone's office, the CEO. And, Tony, I know you know what I'm seeing on the hutch here, yep. and it is that photograph uh, of the front of epilepsy USA of Tony with Sam. Hmm. That was a decade ago. Yep. And that's when Tony told Sam and he told me, never be ashamed to speak up about our epilepsy. Yep. I'll never forget that, Tony. Yep. That's why I blasted Michael Savage. No reservations at all. Thank you, Jenny, for calling. That's very nice. Jenny, you are a champion. And it's always nice to hear from you. Always good speaking with both of you. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too. Uh, So, Tony, I want to move on to something because you're the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act. This is the month we're celebrating the great thing that you did. Um, And it's all about employment with you. I know it's all about employment. So I thought we should take a moment and allow you to talk about Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act. Yes, Joyce. Um, 
you know, ADA, uh, how important that was to me because of my personal experience, the reason I put in the ADA. Um, but th- there's a, you know, ADA basically gives us our civil rights as individuals with disabilities to be able to uh, file action for discriminating against. It forces uh, employers not to uh, uh, discriminate against us. It tells the state government, county government, city governments, they can't discriminate against us. You have curb cuts. You have all these different things now in place as a result of of ADA. Uh, But the other thing is that uh, under the Rehab Act, uh, 35 years ago, whatever it is, um, it said that um, uh, people of color, women, uh, and the disabled, uh, that um, uh, the federal government uh, should not uh, have people um, uh, as contractors who don't uh, hire uh, people in these different classes. So what they do, they've uh, under, uh, actually it started with uh, Richard Nixon. Uh, under Richard Nixon, uh, uh, Secretary of Labor Fletcher and so uh, they started a program to hire people of color. And eventually that program got through and then uh, there was a program to uh, hire uh, women and so on. Now, what do I mean by that is that it said that if you're a federal contractor or a subcontractor to a federal contractor, uh, you're supplying planes, airplanes to the military, uh, or you're supplying paper, uh, paper towels or paper pads of paper or pencils or whatever it is that you're a contractor of, of some sort to the federal government, uh, that you have to show that you are hiring people of color or uh, women uh, and you can't uh, discriminate. You've got to show that you are actually hiring uh, uh, these classes of people. Well, you know what? They did that and uh, Justice Ginsburg of the Supreme Court says that if it weren't for uh, this provision, she would never uh, really ultimately got to the Supreme Court. Um, she gives uh, this act credit for that. Um, a lot of women say that uh, they wouldn't be where they are today in in, in the workforce if uh, they if this hadn't happened. And a lot of people of color uh, say the same thing. Well, you know, with disability, it never moved anywhere. Uh, it got uh, it was part of the act, but it never got anywhere. So. For about 25 years now, Joyce, I've been trying to to get that done. It shows you how ineffective I've been to get it done. I've tried and tried. Under Clinton, I finally got uh, the Census Bureau to uh, get a definition of disability that could be put on a questionnaire uh, so that you could start asking uh, uh, who uh, who has a disability. Um, you know, you could... You can determine people of color quite easily, or you can determine if you're male or female uh, quite easily. But uh, a lot of uh, what is a disability and and to uh, have that question determine that in the census track uh, in census 
uh, became more difficult. A lot of debate on what is a disability and so on. But we got that all done. And uh, so then the census started collecting the data. And so we now have, now have got the data collected. We've done it over a period of years. So now we got all that done. Now what we need to do is establish it uh, with, with the business community, start getting the data. Well, uh, uh, President Obama finally has uh, started that process, and we've got it uh, ready to go in the Federal Register, but we haven't gotten it there yet. So that's where we are. Uh, we'd like to get it published in the Federal Register, but we haven't gotten it done yet. So hopefully we'll get it done uh, before uh, this election. But if we don't, then uh, hopefully we'll get it done uh, after the election next term by uh, by the president. So we're very close. Uh, after 25 years, we've worked on it hard. Uh, we're very close to getting it done, and it be uh, it would make a huge difference in finally uh, increasing the numbers of of people uh, with disabilities in the workforce. The numbers on people with disabilities are dismal, um, and people point to the uh, contractors as being one of the ways to to change that. So that's the history of it. Um, Hopefully we'll make some progress. And, you know, Tony, when you were saying, well, look how long I've been working on it, I guess I didn't get that far. You've got to be kidding. First of all, we were not in the census, as you mentioned. It's only because of you. And until you're in the census, you don't have the data. And, I mean, you heard all these complaints, and you did something about it. I mean, I don't know what we'd do without you, to be honest with you. But I just want to say to everyone out there, federal contractors, 22% of people who work work for a federal contractor. If you're wondering, oh, who would that be? Anyone that's received over $10,000 from the government. So we're talking about from a small company to Microsoft, IBM, Bear Corporation, really probably anyone you can think of, they are a federal contractor. So if all of those people went out and targeted hiring just a few people with disabilities, it would be the biggest boom in employment ever. So if anyone asked you about it, Tell them, yeah, that's something we want to see happen. Um, and, Tony, before uh, I got on the radio show today, one of the hot topics by the board of the Epilepsy Foundation, the new board directors, was the IOM report on epilepsy. So I thought you could talk about that for a few minutes. IOM stands for Institute of Medicine, and uh, the Institute of Medicine, what they do <coughs> is they – uh, target uh, different areas of medicine periodically to do an extensive study. And uh, last year, uh, they decided to target uh, epilepsy. And we've never had that before. Uh, a lot of times, or over the years, uh, the uh, government has basically uh, stayed away from epilepsy a lot, a lot of times because of the stigma. And uh, over the years, we have really put a lot of pressure on NIH and, and a lot of the different governmental agencies to spend money uh, on epilepsy doing research and, and helping us out. Uh, but the stigma uh, that we all know about in the epilepsy movement 
uh, impacted uh, federal agencies as well. But IOM uh, decided uh, last year, as the help uh, of the Epilepsy Foundation and a lot of other uh, uh, different groups, uh, helped as as uh, as as well to get IOM uh, to do it, and and they did. So it was uh, 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 something that we were very proud to get them to do. They issued uh, their uh, report uh, at the same time we were having our walk this year, as a matter of fact, uh, which was a great report to issue. Uh, it studied all the different facets. One of the things they came out with is that they said one out of every 26 Americans at some point in their life will uh, be affected by epilepsy. One out of every 26 Wow. at some point in their life. Um, and that's an amazing figure. Um, and they said that the, the fastest growth is among uh, young, uh, the very young, and the elderly. Um, and, uh, uh, and they uh, said that the, the different epilepsy groups should work together, and they uh, identified uh, 13 different areas and basically... Uh, a little over half of them were uh, directed at the Epilepsy Foundation. Um, and then the doctors' groups and some others uh, involved as well. Um, and uh, it, was, it was very good in that they went through all the things that we know and, that, of course, that we've talked about. But it's basically uh, getting all of us that work in the epilepsy area to come together. We've, we have formed uh, uh, a coalition to, to do things together. The foundation, uh, the Epilepsy Foundation, has formed a, a team among our national uh, staff to work on this. We've formed a team on our national board to work on this. We've made it a priority uh, to really go after it, um, and we are working with the other epilepsy groups as well. Uh, to coordinate an effort to see if we uh, can't take advantage of the IOM report. If you're interested in it's a thick uh, 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 study. If you're interested in it, if you'll just call uh, the uh, Epilepsy Foundation office, uh, the national office in, in, uh, in Maryland, um, or call Joyce, uh, and she can get, excuse me, get you to them. Uh, we can give you a get you a summary of it. It's uh, I think very thorough, and uh, I think you would get a lot out of it. Uh, but there's a lot to be done, and uh, uh, and great opportunities to be helpful if you're interested in. It. But it's it's sort of our Bible now moving forward as to the things that we can do on the short term and things we can do on the long term in regards to research and so forth in order to make a difference uh, in uh, the lives of those of us with epilepsy. It's a great, great uh, move forward. And also, you can go to epilepsyfoundation.org, to epilepsyfoundation.org to get more information about that. But just as Tony said, it is like the Bible for those of us living with epilepsy. Just to put this in perspective, 
one out of 26 people will be diagnosed with epilepsy in their lifetime. Autism, one out of 88. So that really puts it in perspective, the large number of people we're talking about. And, and it really is something that needs to be understood across the country. So, Tony, we're talking this month about the Americans with Disabilities Act, which, as I mentioned earlier, you are the author of. So what I wanted to, uh, what I've always wondered, actually, is when you did this, did you have any idea how huge this would become, how many lives it would impact, how it actually would impact the world? Because globally, other countries have picked this up. But when you did that, did you have any idea? I didn't, Joyce. Um, I I knew I knew that um, it was the right thing to do, and I knew that there was a lot of discrimination, and I felt strongly that it was wrong uh, because of my own experiences. Um, and uh, you know, the the question uh, really was: uh, once you pass it, would it be enforced? You know. Uh, would we get the cooperation in the courts uh, to enforce it and cooperation from the government uh, to enforce it? And what I, what I found, of course, is that um, the government, the Justice Department, uh, has been absolutely amazing in enforcing it. Dick Thornburg uh, uh, with President Bush, uh, the Attorney General, um, had child with epilepsy uh, with a disability um, and he was adamant about enforcing it um, we had uh, the, uh, the attorney general under President Clinton uh, had a disability she was determined to enforce it um, and uh, you keep on going forward and the, the current attorney general uh, has several people in the Justice Department uh, with uh, people with disabilities, and actually the current Attorney General has enforced the ADA uh, more than any Attorney General. Um, and uh, so the enforcement of the ADA has really made a huge difference in making um, the ADA so much more effective. It, as you say, it's, it's um, impacted the lives of uh, millions of people here in the United States, but it's now also the law of the land, and and uh, uh, I I hear different numbers, but I know for sure it's over 50 different countries. But I just heard the other day it's 73 different countries. Um, but if you think about it, uh, a variation of of the ADA, not the same thing, but the variation of the ADA. But if you think about it, yeah. Uh, the, the principle of non-discrimination, and if you have a disability worldwide, has now become basically a principle uh, because of the United States uh, leading, uh, uh, setting an example, saying that uh, those of us with disabilities are just like anybody else and we should have our rights just like anybody else, a, a basic human principle and we've set that, and all over the world, uh, people believe that. Now you go to the Olympics, and we have somebody in the 
to sprints, a runner uh, who has uh, two artificial legs, uh, and they're calling him the blade now, um, who is competing in the Olympics, not the Paralympics, in the Olympics. Um, and you have the, the Paralympics, which is uh, from uh, countries all over the world. Um, and so the whole idea of, of uh, uh, if you have a disability, that you should be uh, uh, considered for your abilities, not because of your disabilities, is caught on worldwide. And the ADA played a major role in making that happen. And the fact that I played a role in that is overwhelming to me. Um, And I thank God that I had the... Uh, ability to to do that. I mean, that just is overwhelming to me to think that I played a role in that. Oh, I cannot imagine because, you know, you didn't just play a role, Tony. You were the author of the ADA. And so many people have been impacted. You know, people don't think about when they're in a bar and they see captioning on the TV or whenever they're crossing a street and, you know, there's the curb cut. There's so many things, of course, with this, and it really has impacted so many people, certainly provided freedom and access for Americans with disabilities. Yeah, and the other thing it's done, though, Joyce, which I always try to remind people without disabilities, it's also changed the quality of life of those without disabilities. You just mentioned something at a bar. You can go to a bar today, and you can be sitting at the bar and, and the captions are for those <coughs> who, uh, with the, in a sports bar, you can see what's going on because the captions are, are going on, going across the screen, and you can see what's going on. That is supposedly there for people who are hearing impaired, but uh, most of the people in that bar are not hearing impaired. They just happen to be in a situation where... They can't hear the the uh, the sound coming from the TV set, so that's an accommodation for them, even though they're not hearing impaired. Uh, but it's an accommodation for them. Uh, if you go to a sidewalk that that is accommodation for people in wheelchairs or people uh, that are elderly and have a hard time getting on the sidewalk, if you are a delivery man or woman taking uh, goods to a store and so forth, that curb cut is an accommodation for them, even though they don't have difficulty themselves getting on that sidewalk. So a lot of the accommodations as a result of the ADA are accommodations for people who don't have a disability. It's an accommodation for them in everyday life. It's, it's exciting to me uh, how accommodations for those of us with disabilities is helping out people in everyday life. I think that's exciting. Yes, and as you always say, it's also insurance for people without disabilities. It's exactly for right. them also. That's exactly right. Well, Tony, I know that we only have a few minutes before this show closes, but my final question, since you really, I know how much you believe in young people, I wanted, you know, what message do you have for young people living with epilepsy that are either facing bullying or just stigma or, you know, having a hard time getting a job? What message would you like to leave with all of those people listening to the show today? Well, 
my message to young people all the time, and as you know, Joyce, I uh, work with young people a lot and try to uh, help them uh, with all kinds of disabilities, but particularly uh, epilepsy, is, uh, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, you can't get anywhere. You've got to believe in yourself. And you can't let other people knock you down. Um, and you've got to uh, uh, believe that you can succeed, that you can get ahead, that uh, you can do whatever it is that uh, uh, you uh, are wanting to do that you have the ability to. Don't forget, I can't fly an airplane. I can't drive a police car. Uh, I can't uh, drive a fire engine. There are a lot of things I can't do because of my epilepsy. But there's a lot of things I've been able to do. I'm 70 years old. I've been able to do a lot of things in my life uh, and do them successfully. Um, so the, the restrictions on me, the things I can't do, I have never let them stop me from doing the things that I can do. And I tell people, uh, young people in particular, don't let people say uh, just because you can't do this that you then are unable to do whatever this other thing is. Uh, believe in yourself. Love yourself. You know, God made you because he loves you uh, or she loves you. Um, and he wouldn't have made you if he didn't love you. Um, and so you've got to love yourself, and you've got to believe in yourself. Uh, and the one thing that I'm so happy about my life is that I was able to go from being suicidal to end up with God's help, uh, that, I be, uh, that I got to know myself and love myself. If that hadn't happened, I could never be the success I am today. And that's what I plead with young people is get to know yourself and eventually get to love yourself. That's the key. Oh, how profound and true those words are. First, Tony, in behalf of all Americans living with disabilities and with epilepsy, thank you so much for what you've done for all of us. Thank you, and, Joyce. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Well, and as usual, I have to end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader or someone that has impacted our lives in such a monumental fashion. So today, that has to be Tony Quello, who says, when you get a chance to take the podium, speak up. And Tony, I listened to you. And I hope all of you do too. Tony, thank you again for being with us. And everyone else, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 